What's up, guys? Welcome to today's episode of Shay It Like It Is. I'm your host, Shay, and this pod is here to create a space to be authentically you, discuss controversial topics, testimonies, and share the light of Jesus. To stay up to date with what's coming up, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Shay Ellis, S H A Y E E L L I S S. Before we jump in, please note, This episode contains discussions of PTSD and a depiction of traumatic events that some people may find triggering. Listener discretion is advised. Friends, welcome to my first episode. Time does not heal all wounds. I'm so incredibly excited and blessed to have my first guest and sister here with me today, Haley Stell. Hi guys, why am I about to cry? <laughs> I'm so proud of her. I'm super excited to be here, super grateful and humbled and honored to be the first guest. I literally wouldn't have wanted anyone else to be here first, so thank you so much for joining me. Um, I actually wanted to bring Haley on because her and I have very different stories, um, but we have both experienced immense heartbreak um, just in very different ways. So. Um, I just kind of want to jump right into it and start off with your story a little bit. Um, how'd you end up in Clarksville, Tennessee, and what does your life look like now? Oh boy. Okay. So, Hey, um, like she said, my name's Haley. Um, and I've got a little bit of a, a long story, but I'll try to keep it short. But, um, so let me tell you how my life is now and then we can kind of go back. So I am a single mom of two amazing children, um, Lennon and Indy. And, um, I ended up in Clarksville, Tennessee in kind of a, a roundabout odd way, but, um, it has been home for the last 10 years. Um, so take it back to college. Um, Shay and I were raised by a single mom for a while and then just kind of some up and down family relations and, and, toxicity as most all families have. Um, but I went away to college, um, at the ripe old age of 17, um, ended up kind of, um, falling away from church, which that's a whole nother story for another day, but, um, had some really, really, really life altering traumatic things happen to me in college, um, by the people I was dating. Um, if we're going to put it straight, I was raped by one of my boyfriends. And so I, for a long time had blamed myself for that. Um, it was alcohol related. Um, and I just really subdued those, those hurts and pains and just other things that had happened to me in my relationships, cheated on, et cetera, et cetera. And I just didn't have a really great idea of the type of people that I should be giving my time and energy to. And I ended up getting really hurt in return. Um, so I, I pushed those down and, and finally in 2012, I graduated college and I was again, dating someone else that didn't really respect me in our relationship. And I decided with $400 in my name, uh, within a couple hours to pack up all of my things that fit into my Honda Civic and my dog and put them in my car and drive across country to El Paso, Texas, um, where a friend of mine from college was living. And um, I had no idea what I was going to do there. I didn't have a job lined up. Like I said, I had $400 in my account. Um, And I had basically the shirt on my back and my dog. So my friend was letting me stay there uh, to help me out. 
And um, within a short amount of time, I actually was introduced to my um, ex-husband, Matt. And he um, was moving the day that we met. And I ended up in uh, Clarksville, Tennessee. We got married within a month of knowing each other. And um, so I've been here for the last 10 years. So we were married for eight. I, in that time, um, he was deployed all of the time. I had my two children. I had my first uh, Lennon at the age of 25. And keep in mind, I got married at 22. Um, so I then had my daughter at 28. But in the meantime, um, I had a lot more heartbreak in a lot of different ways um, from that point on. Um, you know, being a military spouse is not necessarily for everybody and you don't really realize what you're signing up for, even though everyone thinks you are, you don't realize that you're signing up for your spouse to miss birthdays, holidays, anniversaries, um, that they're going to miss your child's first steps, their first words that maybe your child's not even going to know who they are when they get back. And so while we did have the uh, opportunity to be on the special forces side of the military, so deployments were shorter, it still affects you just the same. You kind of have to get back into that rhythm. And so before um, having my son in 2015, I actually experienced miscarriage. Um, it was very unexpected pregnancy and, um, you know, I was scared out of my mind. Um, yeah. and I had a really traumatic experience in that, um, I went to the hospital and they were very dismissive and I, you know, of course didn't know what was going on. And, and so that caused, you know, a lot of heartbreak there. And then, um, with my son, when I had him in 2015, um, I didn't realize at the time, but I was ex actually experiencing some really, really, really terrible postpartum depression, anxiety, psychosis. Um, the devil would stop at nothing but to attack my mind and my heart and my motherhood. And um, that's kind of actually part of my, a large part of my story and how I found my way back to my relationship with Jesus. But um, there was a night... Um, following having my son, he was about five months old and I was single parenting. I didn't have any family around. Um, my, you know, parents didn't li they lived across the country and my postpartum psychosis was so bad. And, and my ex-husband was deployed at the time that I felt like it was a better option to suffocate my son with a pillow than it was to just keep going on. And it was in that moment that God really was like, Hey, you don't want to do that. You know, it was like a very audible voice for me. Um, mm. and that was kind of a major turning point for me. And, and I started kind of healing, moving forward from there. But my relationship with my son just now, him being almost eight years old, is finally at the point where I feel like we have a soulful connection, like every mother wishes to have with their child, but it literally took eight years. Yeah. Um, and so that was really hard. Um, that played a huge effect on my, on my marriage. And um, I kind of started to lose trust um, in being heard and understood from there. And so I struggled through that. And then a couple of years later, we had my daughter, Indy, and I didn't struggle with the same postpartum issues um, that I did with her brother, but um, postpartum in general, for all the moms out there, you get it. It's hard. You're a completely different human. Your body is not at your own. I breastfed for two and a half years. Um, and then the effects of my um, sexual assault started to resurface. Mm. Um, it was 10 years down the road, like I told you earlier, it kind of got shoved and shoved and shoved um, until my daughter was breastfeeding and she kind of became very aggressive. And I would have these 
very real um, flashbacks and PTSD kind of moments. And it, that was then I kind of realized, okay, wow, I have an actual like post-traumatic issue that I need to address. And so not only was it affecting my relationship with, with um, my ex-husband because of our relationship, it, it distanced me from him. And of course, regular seven year stuff in your marriage and him being gone and back and gone. And, and of course, financial stuff. And he was getting out of the military. It was just all a lot at once. And so, um, after addressing my, um, my PTSD with EMDR therapy, which I highly recommend to anybody that's experienced any kind of trauma, um, my ex-husband and I started to kind of work through, um, marriage counseling and things like that. And at the end of the day, um, we kind of chose divorce and I have a lot I could say on that. I'm going to, you know, kind of keep it short, but divorce isn't for everybody and I don't necessarily recommend it. Um, but in this case, um, I have a lot more to my story and it's worked out, um, for the best. So, um, I still have nothing but love for the father of my children. He's an amazing man. Um, but that a lot of compounding things really led to that was really the ultimate heartbreak for me was just a marriage ending that of course you don't go into marriage thinking that it's going to end, but anyways, so, um, moved forward a little bit farther, um, stopped breastfeeding my daughter. The EMDR really helped my, um, PTSD. And then I met, um, the person that I thought that I was going to marry after, um, you know, we fell madly in love. We had this amazing epic relationship where we traveled around the world and I, you know, was seen, heard and understood and, and thought that, you know, this was the end all be all. Yeah. And, you know, there's nothing scarier than giving your heart away after you've been divorced or even having a child after miscarriage. It's, it's this, you know, the ultimate act of vulnerability, if you, you know, if you say that. Um, and so I gave my heart away and I, you know, threw myself into that relationship and I kind of started to idolize that, what I wanted for so long in that relationship. And I stopped really putting my trust and hope in God. And, and I started putting my hope and trust in this relationship and, you know, a year and a half down the road after one breakup, we kind of called it quits and well, I didn't, <laughs> but, um, Things, you know, always work out how they're supposed to, and God always has a greater plan. But I have learned so much, so much through all of that. And so um, that is the very shortened version of my story. And now I actually have since been in a relationship for the last um, eight months with my person. He is incredible. And yes, I, I, I have so much I could share about him um, and I can gush about him for an entire episode. Maybe sometime she'll let me, but um, I'm sure you'll meet him at some point. But he truly is who God has for me. And so um, that's a little bit about me. Yeah. Wow. So obviously I've never been married and I've never had a miscarriage and I've never been divorced. Um, but you had a marriage, you had a miscarriage, you had a divorce trying to find love after divorce. Those are like really heavy postpartum depression. Yes. Like those are heavy, heavy things. And at the time, um, Haley and I, we weren't really in each other's lives. So, um, of course I know about all of that, but 
we didn't really talk a whole lot in that time. Um, I didn't even, I didn't even see her at all when she was pregnant. Actually, I don't think, Mm-mm. um, but I just want to read you this quote and I kind of want to see what you think about it. Okay. Um, so it's by Jessica Sorensen and it says, people say that time heals all wounds and maybe they're right, but what if the wounds don't heal correctly? Like when cuts leave behind nasty scars or when broken bones mend together, but aren't as smooth anymore. Does it mean you're really healed? Or is it that the body did what it could to fix what broke? Mm, that's deep. Yeah. So I guess, like, what do you think about that? But also, like, a follow-up question. Do you think that time heals all wounds? I, wow. You know, that's the stereotypical thing. Like, oh, you'll be fine. Time will, time will help. Time, time will tell, you know. But the body keeps the score, truly. And do I agree that time heals all wounds? No, but I believe that therapy can and that healing yourself can and that God can and having faith and hope in something that counts can. Um, Do I believe that time itself without the work, the inner work of healing, what has been broken, you know, will fix things? No, I don't. Um, Sure, of course, like maybe time will heal a wound of a pet dying or something like that, right? Eventually you'll get to that point where you stop to think about it less and less. But if I'm being quite frank, I had my miscarriage back in 2014 and I still think about it every other day. You know, I still think about that, that baby that I'll get to meet someday. Um, and that's not something that, you know, time can ever heal for Mm -hmm. me. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I agree with that because I went through a breakup right before I moved. Um, and I got a surgery Um, I moved across the country by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, that was a big move. Yeah. So there was, uh, I, or I got laid off from my job. There was a lot of things happening. And that entire time I was like, wow, I'm doing so good with this, with this healing thing. Like I'm actually okay. (laughs) But like this man was like the love of my life. So I was like, I don't think this is, this is probably not actually real, but yeah, but I, uh, then, and I had a roommate too. So then I get to Tennessee, I live alone, and for the first couple weeks, um, it was easy to distract myself, you know, um, finally being in the same state as Haley, but um, eventually, the night comes around, I live alone, and I'm like, oh crap, (laughs) everything's hitting me, all this time has passed by now, it's like, you know, been three weeks, you know, at this point, and I'm like, oh I never actually processed my breakup at all because I was being distracted by all of these things. Oh, you can continue to to distract and to put it off and to put it off. And eventually, like my sexual assault did, it hit me mm-hmm. at the most inconvenient time. Mm-hmm. And because I never healed from that, it affected so many other parts of my life yeah. that should have never been affected. Yeah. Yeah. And like what other things do you think people usually distract themselves with? Oh my gosh. Sex, alcohol, drugs, um, busy, right? They say if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Mm -hmm. People will just throw themselves into work and then, and then they'll cope with being stressed out from work with alcohol and it becomes this cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, what do people not do to distract themselves from healing, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. And they're all, obviously they're all unhealthy in their own ways. Um, I personally, I think you have too, but I personally am guilty of distracting myself with other relationships. Oh, hundred percent. Which obviously that attention brings, or... yeah, that brings other people into your hurt right. and like hurt people, hurt people. And that's, that's facts. Like, yeah. And so then you start kind of creating this tornado of just like pain and destruction and you're bringing people in and spitting them out when you're like, and you don't mean to, you don't mean to, you know, sometimes you don't even realize that you're distracting yourself. No. And and the last thing you really want to do is to sit in your hurt, sit in your pain, sit in your emotions and to feel it all because human nature is to not want to hurt, right? Mm -hmm. We don't, we don't want to be in that. We want to avoid it at all costs. That's what our nature is and does. And so when you just keep putting it off, it honestly can actually get to the point where it overwhelms you and you probably do something you don't really want to do. Yeah. Because our bodies do, they, they do want that thing that feels good. You know, our, our like human bodies, we want the sex or we want the drugs. We want the alcohol that's going to subside our hurt. We want that person that's giving us attention and you know, we just went through this breakup and they're giving us this amazing attention and our heart's like, oh my gosh, but it's just, you are not healed. And so you are about to like bring on a whole bunch of hurt. And that's not to say that you can't heal while you are in a relationship, but you also need to heal the most important parts of you. And you need to mm-hmm. make sure that you're not bringing that hurt with you yeah. to the point where it's going to affect the other person. Mm-hmm. And I definitely have had it in my life where I've had a specific person that I'm in a relationship with, whether friendship or, you know, romantic relationship where they actually are the catalyst or the, the aid in that and healing and helping heal me, you know, and of course God is the only ultimate healer. Right. But in ways that healing in ways, like if you are someone that needs words of affirmation Mm -hmm. or that, that wants that, that physical touch and you have someone that, you know, it makes you feel like you're worthy of that. And maybe you struggle with feeling like you're enough, you're worthy of of love and affection. Maybe it's something that you've been hurting from since childhood. Um, you know, there are people that can come into your life that make you feel that way. Um, but at the end of the day, you should be able to, and I'm kind of speaking to myself, be able to be okay by yourself um, and be okay with that. There's a difference between loneliness Mm -hmm. and being alone. Mm -hmm. You know, you can be alone and not be lonely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I'm I'm relearning that living alone. (laughs) Right. And, you know, not having really many, any friends here in Tennessee yet and living alone we're working on it we're working on that but um yeah it's it's that is so true um another question is you know what's an important mindset to have when you're healing do you think that you can be healed some people believe um you know that they'll always be that way or that there's no that's my uh hate when someone's like that's just how i am i'm like no it's not we we serve a very redeeming healing god and he wants nothing more than for us to relish in the belief and know that like we were created to be a perfectly functioning happy Mm -hmm. fulfilled human you know Mm -hmm. um and so I think the first important mindset is just to know that it is possible, um, that you can change, that you can heal. Um, also that 
again, that you don't need to be completely healed to be in a relationship, but also to know that you're not going to take it, take the, you know, bad parts of you with that yeah. relationship. Cause something, I mean, some things will even come up in the relationship that you didn't know weren't healed. You right. Know? Oh, definitely. Especially if you've experienced trauma in your life, yeah. you will likely get triggered and that's not yeah. that person's fault necessarily. Um, but that's where communication comes in. You're learning each other. Yeah. Right. Communication is so important. I'm yeah. learning that. Oh my gosh. Like <clears throat> I am probably triggered more often than I'd care to admit. Um, but to have a partner also that is willing to work with you through that and to know that like on the other side of these issues and the communication that you will be healed someday, yeah. you know, like, and not everything's turning into an argument, right? You know, you're, absolutely. you're communicating through it in a healthy way, right? And they're not making you feel bad for, which again, it comes back to that's just how I am. No, I got triggered by that. Let's communicate it through it so that we can kind of figure out how I won't get triggered again. And you then need to go heal that trigger because you can heal it. You can make sure that it doesn't happen again. Right. And they can also do stuff on their part so that they, you know, are sensitive to that. Absolutely. Okay. So just another question. What do you think some tangible things are that people can do when they're trying to heal? Oh gosh, definitely have a relationship with God. I mean, that's the one thing that saved my son's life and my own, truly. Mm -hmm. I cried out for help in that moment. Um, Therapy is amazing. There's so many different types of therapy. Um, Knowing that and understanding that, like I mentioned before, your body does in fact keep the score. There's a book about it. Um, Mm -hmm. Tons of research, tons of information on that. But um, communicate, talk to other people that are struggling with the same thing. Don't be ashamed of what you might be struggling with. Um, there's, you know, so many resources out there. Um, journal, Mm -hmm. I think is a really good, you like to journal, um, find your passions. Yeah. Your hobbies, your hobbies. what, what, What sets your soul on fire? What makes you happy? Right. And don't rely on someone else to um, do that for you. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important. Yeah. Yeah, I agree on, especially, obviously, you know, having a relationship with Jesus. But I know that there's going to be some listeners who don't have a relationship with Jesus. Um, and so for me, especially kind of hitting on that, finding your passions. Again, I live alone. And Haley and I, you know, we hang out a lot. But when we don't, and I'm feeling very lonely, I have to know what sets my soul on fire. I know that I love playing piano. After I play piano, I feel a lot better. Um, I love being in the sun. After I go out in the sun, um, even if I just want to sit on the couch and I don't want to do anything, I have to fight that and I need to get out. I, I need feel to, you on that. <laughs> yeah, like go to the gym or if, you don't, if you're not a gym person, go on a walk. Like physical activity and just getting your body up, getting it in the sun, it does wonders. Like it really does. Um, and... I think, it's, I think it's really important too to take care of your overall well-being. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you're not a gym person, being, you know, um, like still throughout the day actually scientifically does not help mental health. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on that. <laughs> yeah, so like endorphins and, and, you know, you don't need to go heavy in the gym or anything like that. But yeah. getting out, like Shay said, in the sun, moving your body for 30 minutes a day, that has such in huge impact yeah on your heart your soul everything really your mind yeah yeah so those of you who work from home you understand the struggle you need to get out and get 10,000 steps in a day and this is me 
um, being a pot calling the oh, black, whatever it's called. The 10 K steps. <laughs> yeah. Shout out I, to Phil. I, um, <laughs> I do not do that enough and I have been so it's the busy thing. It's the busy thing, but I have been in my word every morning. So that, that does really help. But, um, it just really, I, I got a shout out a therapy. I got a shout out therapy though. Um, yeah. whether you think you're healed or you're not, everyone, everyone should, if you have the means or find, find a way, um, there's free counseling through churches. Typically I recommend therapy for everyone because it will unearth things that maybe you don't even realize that you're struggling with. Mm. Um, and for anybody shout out to you that struggles with childhood trauma and things like that. Um, you may realize that you get some of your memories back. Um, (laughs) one of, one of the trauma, um, Symptoms of trauma is actually not having memories and blocking things out. Um, that's another way the body keeps the score. So um, therapy has been amazing for me. I've been going for the last probably, gosh, six years mm-hmm. or more. Um, and it's been incredible. So. Yeah. And don't be ashamed. Like, you have to find the right fit. It's a relationship. You're going to be pouring your life into them. So, like, if you go to one session and you're not really jiving with them, don't feel bad to go and find someone else. Like... I did not jive with my first one. I felt like it was more like a gossip session. She wasn't really giving me any tangible stuff to take home and fix it. And yeah. it just, it didn't help. Um, and so don't be ashamed to like, what is it? I guess therapy shop, therapist yeah. shop a little bit. You can interview them. And, and honestly, if you, I will say, I went to the same therapist for five plus years. And I got to that point where I felt like I was at a standstill with her. And she actually is the one that helped me through my EMDR. Um, and so that of course was life-changing, but I got to this point with her where I felt like she kind of kept turning things back to me. What can I do to make it better? What can I, you know, I do to, to heal. And while that is important, I think at some point as, as a Christian, for those that, you know, are Christians out there, um, you do have to start turning to your creator and the word and things like that. And so I've actually recently, um, in the last year or so started seeing a Christian counselor, um, and he's been a pastor for 25 years and that's been very helpful to have that other perspective. So, um, that's been an immense help for me. Yeah. Yeah. So don't feel bad for looking around or even like she said, going to find someone else after it's been a while. Um, but I, I have a fun question oh just, boy. just because you know, we, have, we have some time. Um, what is a pet peeve? Like you're trying to heal and you're telling someone that you're trying to heal and you, you know, you're, you're talking to them about some of your stuff you're going through. What's something that they would say to you that would really make you mad? They wouldn't hear me first and they would just give me a solution without mm-hmm. actually hearing me out. They'd say, oh my gosh, do you need help? Actually, this has happened to me before. Um, it, it was, oh my gosh, you're crazy or completely dismissing the issue at hand and not really hearing me out. So that would be a big pet peeve. Another pet peeve would be for them to hear my triggers and hear my hurts and then turn around and do that mm. thing to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, and some of it's deliberate and some of it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to help someone heal and you are encouraging them to do that, you cannot turn around and do that thing back to them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Because then at that point, you become part of the problem. (laughs) Yeah, um, that's usually common sense, but, you know, not for everyone, I guess. Um, I have have a couple. I have... It's, um... Have you prayed about it? Oh, gosh. 
Have you prayed about it? <laughs> Have you brought it to God? Like, no, girl. I told you all this first. I didn't even go to the my father in heaven who literally... No, no, I didn't. I mean, sometimes I have the tendency to, like, lose my crap before I, like, remember to pray about it. Sometimes praying about it isn't my first line of defense when it should be. Even if it is. But that would literally make me so mad. Like, go pray about... Okay. I'm sorry. Do you think that I have not done that yet and that's why I'm coming to you? Or yeah. Also... Anyways. Is, um, the other one is if I am just... I I love that if I'm about to be like, hey... Usually I ask someone, like, hey, um, I'm about to unload on you. I want them, I want their response to be like, okay, do you just need someone to listen or do you need advice? Mm. Because, Mm-mm-mm. like, don't, I, I have a friend that does this and I, it, ooh, I just, if I'm just. Is it me? <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, you do, you do do this sometimes, but no, I just. Trauma. I just. Uh, if I'm not, at, if I just need you to listen, like most of the time, if I'm talking to you about it, I already know what I'm going to do. I already thought through it myself. You just want to dump. I just want to dump it. Cause I'm a dumper. I like to dump. My- See, I'm a dumper, <laughs> which is funny because it, I am so okay with people dumping on me, but I, again, I need to be conscious and ask, are you available for feedback or do you just want mm-hmm. me to hear you? Mm-hmm. You know, because that's, yeah. a, that's important. Well, plus like, it's a little hard cause you being my sister, I being your sister, we just want to like, we're feeling the feelings for you. Like we're, well, we're feeling with fix it. Yeah. And we're feeling with you. We're feeling that anger, or that sadness. And so it's, it's hard to not, but, um, pro tip. If someone is uh, about to rant to you, be pro like, <laughs> just ask them, do you want advice? Especially n- no offense, especially men, just that that question mm. will take you far. So far. So far. Brownie because, points. Oh yeah. Green flag. Green green flag. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's do one about green flags. This was so awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I knew, like I already knew when I started this podcast, first of all, that she was gonna be my first guest. No. But second of all, I already have I already have like podcast ideas that I want to do, episode ideas. And I already have ones that I know that she's going to be on. Because I'm just like, ooh, she'd be able to really talk about this. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm opinionated. <laughs> so um, this is going to be a blast. I'm so excited to um, just keep on trucking along. Um, I hope some of the, some of you, you know, listened to this and just felt seen and heard. Um, and if you want to reach out, you can reach yeah. out to us on Instagram. Always available for feedback or yeah. whatever. So we got at... Tell me a story. S-T-E-L-L me a story. Yes. Yes. So, um, and I'll also be posting about me on my Instagram at Shayless, um, as well. But thank you guys so much for joining on this episode of Shay It Like It Is. Um, and thank you so much, Haley, for joining me. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Bye guys. Bye.